0: Hello and welcome to episode 300 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at AndrewRP. And join me, as always, is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter, at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going very well. How cool is it? We've done 300 of these now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty fantastic. And can I just say, we might need to change the intro to the mm-hmm. podcast from now on in mm. and call it, Welcome to the Podcast, where you
1: get the news before it becomes the news. Oh, yeah, because all of the uh, – it felt like all the stories last week that come out into the media, we had talked about in, like, the previous few days. And so I think we've become influencers now. Definitely.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Social media influencers. We're now –
1: not just a social media influencer. We're now news influencers. Yeah, 100%. And it's and- fair enough, too, because, like, I mean, I don't want to talk us up, right? But I think we're the moral guiding light of the entire sport. Esteemed. Yeah. Esteemed.
0: Um, And look, just to to show people that we're not bullshitting, okay? What was the the first one was... Oh, yeah, that's right. After two episodes we had, I think there was the one called Angry Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: another one called The West Tigers, The Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yes. Where it was pretty clear I was taking the stance that it's not the coach that's felt here at the West Tigers. There's a lot of other people. Yeah. All admin people, backroom people, all those sort of guys. Um, we had newspaper articles uh, at the Channel 9 website, Sydney Morning Herald and the Daily Telegraph, all barking exactly the same tune.
1: Yeah. Just by coincidence. It, yeah. All on and, the same day. Yeah. And w- there was also um, somebody made up a petition for... Uh, Justin Pasco to stand down as well yeah. the next day so definitely world leaders in that regard yes. and then that was followed up by extraordinary somebody registered uh, Western Quackers <laughs> as a potential NRL club name um, and like we've been pushing that for what a year at least yeah that's that was mind blowing that was yeah that was but, that was very cool i i wonder if um like we would sell madquackers to whoever it is I don't know who it is as long as their nice name's not Elias. and uh they can buy it what a, what would we say a million bucks madquackers dot com
0: uh, I'd say a million dollars but if it's Benny Elias asking then it's four point seven billion
1: i i agree I got guy. completely with that. Hey, did you? <laughs> I saw, that reminds me. I saw some news during the week where a Benny Elias-led consortium offered to buy the West Tigers, and the West Tigers, uh, the, I think it was the West Ashfield side, was like, no, thank you. And yeah, West, I thought, West
0: Ashfield's got a lot of very intelligent businessmen, so they
1: know shit when they see it and smell it. Well, I just thought it would be so... I like, and I'm sorry about this, but so fucking hilarious. If your club was owned by Benny, you know that would be the most ultimate West Tigers move ever. I reckon it'd be like if fucking Matthew Elliott led a consortium to buy the Penrith Panthers, and it'd just be (laughs) the nightmare. Tell you what,
0: this is this is what would happen, okay? If Benny bought the West Tigers, Mm. they would still play three games at Campbelltown, three games mm. at Leichhardt, three games at Bankwest, three games at Perth and a few other games elsewhere,
2: mm-hmm.
0: wherever they can. They wouldn't be based anywhere. It'd be a complete fucking balls up. And then yeah. he'd eventually run them in the ground and then charge them a fee for it so that he could keep making money on the side from it while it died.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. But
0: yeah, I thought that was funny. That was, it was very funny. Now, the other one was um, something that we spoke about a long time ago. Mm-hmm. and Nadine raised this with us and that was about NA, every NRL club being assigned to a certain country area
1: oh yeah yeah that's right and man I mean far out we must have been talking about that we might have even talked about that in the first episode we did like we talked about that for a very long time
0: yeah
1: Um well over a year ago yeah so yeah that, I, I, that was one that I'd forgotten about too hey?
0: yeah so you know you want to hear the news before it comes news? You've got to tune in here.
1: It's because every single last one of our ideas are gold.
0: Yeah. That
1: that can't be disputed. I'm waiting yeah. for the
0: article about an expansion team in Hawaii. It'll happen. You watch. Yeah. Just you wait watch. until they catch up on Because obviously they're working backwards with our catalogue. So,
1: yeah. you know,
0: give them a few more weeks.
1: When was the Hawaii? I feel like the Hawaii one. That was episode been- one. Oh, was it episode one? Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: tail end of episode one, so they've got to go all the way back. That's going to take a while. But, you yeah. know, it's not like they've got anything else important to do.
1: True, true. It's between that and I guess they watch horse races and um, that's it, really.
0: They compile information solely on all of the players who the West Tigers have let go.
2: <laughs>
0: and just at the end of every um, NRL season... They just update that list. Yeah, they don't do it for any other club. No other club has juniors come through who they let go, or has star players who they let go early or anything like. No other club does this. It's only the West Tigers, apparently.
1: At least just got a win today.
0: Yeah, yeah i I saw the last three and a half minutes Mm -hmm. because I figured that was the only bit that that needs to be sat through. Yeah, Um, because I was expecting a much worse result. Um. Obviously I had a lot of other um, Personal matters to attend to Other than the football today So that that was the main reason why I didn't get to do that So I have set it aside to watch it tomorrow Yeah So I can have a bit of a, a better view of what went on So you know I, I made no comment today other than I think one tweet where I said So this this game just now was the grand final right For 2021 yeah <laughs> Yeah That was it and I've got people saying, are you serious, man? Are you drunk? i was they going, go on. How fucking obviously a the
1: jokes that need to be? Yeah. Anyway. It's kind of depressing when you'll say something. Like I said today on Twitter, like I, I said, I, I tipped the warriors and the the dragons and I'm not confident, but we'll see what happens. And people, I had a couple of people say, oh, thanks, Captain Obvious. And I was like, what did I tweet wrong? It was just what I think. And apparently, because they were both favourites, it was I shouldn't have tweeted it, but like one of them lost, and that's the whole point of let's see what happens. Is just weird.
0: Man. you can't you can't go around doing that. No journo can no Gino can fucking rip that off and make a new story of their own. It's too <laughs> obvious. You I some, didn't mix I had, it
1: up. I had someone that was upset with me today, and they said. Um, they said something along the lines of, like, okay, they they tweeted me a couple of times. that It was like, why would somebody um, join up to my Patreon? Because I don't actually do anything for Rugby League, unlike Andrew Ferguson. And I, was, I felt like, damn it, don't bring real stuff into this. Don't, be, don't bring reality into what we're doing on here. Bloody hell. Yeah. It's so vicious on there. I know. It's just, like, just
0: chill, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bombed like went to have an argument with me because I called I called one of the Daily Journal lackeys, uh Murdoch lackey.
1: Really? And they argued about that.
0: Yeah, saying oh, Murdoch doesn't care what goes on in and around and I didn't say he did. No, it's just lackeys of his. Yeah. Which is my point. But there you go. It's um they're weird. It was good to get the Twitter beef out of the way early. Yeah, it must
1: be a section every every week now. I know, right? Although I did have some really good conversations this weekend about footy. I actually had a really good conversation with a Bulldogs fan about a subject I'm going to talk about in the next episode with special guest.
0: Very nice. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um. So. Yes. Big week of uh, sporting news. Yeah. We won't well, go to the games like we did last time, but we'll we'll just have a quick look at some of the big things that happened. Yeah, yeah. We'll go to well, you because you have done the prep work this this time around.
1: Yeah, I I didn't want the uh, interns to do it this time. It was I was going to do it myself. Uh, there was a little bit of news I heard on the radio today that apparently remember DCE was being sounded out supposedly by the Brisbane Broncos to go up there. Well, a week later, it turns out that DCE and the Manly Seagulls are in talks to extend his stay at the Manly Seagulls. So that's an interesting one. I think it's a smart move by DCE because it's a play. It, it's very much the, a players and a halfbacks market right now with all the halfbacks that are moving around. And if he can squeeze a bit more money out of the Manly Seagulls for a little bit longer, that's a good move for him. Um, so there was that news that came out today. What do you reckon? Do you reckon Manly, I mean, I think Manly would be absolutely stupid to let him go, um, but I could see where DCE sort of looks at his career and says, I don't know whether I want to stay here.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Something about me says I, I can't see him going to another club
2: because
0: mm. I don't know that Manly's got someone that is ready to jump straight into that number number seven jumper right now. No. And that's what they're going to need if they're getting rid of DCE. Um, Cade Custer's there, but uh, I don't think he's ready to take on that job. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's enough supporting people at the club in the spine to help a, a rookie half step up after dc has been there because DCE runs an awful lot of, of their attack. Yeah, he carries them a lot. Yeah. Um so they're going to need two genuine halves who can, you know, direct the team around the field. Uh, so I suppose they could probably afford to do that if they keep cast and they use the money left over um, to buy a genuine 5 who can control the side.
2: Mm.
0: Who that is, I don't know. Maybe Sean Johnson. I don't know if that's a good move or not, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to have to be something on like that. it's going to have to be an experienced head. Uh, so I don't know who they go with there. But I think it's in the best interest of both parties there that DCE stays until he retires there or until they find someone
1: better. For sure. You know, just thinking about it, like, and what clubs will have the sort of money that they could attract a DCE to the club and who could really use someone like him? Broncos. And, well, the Broncos definitely, right? Although the mm. Broncos are weird. The Broncos decided that, they didn't want to hold on to a young halfback, so yeah. they let him go. And they don't want to hold on to the experienced players either. So, either so they let them go. But, um, well, that's because the Broncos want
0: success and and everything now. Yeah. So they they don't know how to do a rebuild, and they don't know how to, you know, they don't know how to cope with failure. So they need to get out of their hole as quickly as possible. So. I don't know why they ditched. Did he's a, a top player, and I think the Cowboys have done a very astute thing by by picking him up. Um, it does mean that the Broncos are now stuck in a situation where they've got Milford and Croft there, and neither of them should be. So yeah. I think they would probably go. They would probably go and chase an established halfback in the hope that it would lead them to success sooner rather than later and hope that that buys them enough time to get a young halfback to come in. I think it's a stupid way to go about righting some wrongs, especially mm. when you've got a young half there ready to go and he's already got first-grade experience. That's your starting point, and they threw their starting point away.
1: Yeah, it is so. a weird one. And like mm. after letting Fafita walk as well, like you'd think that would have been that would have been the sort of moment for the club where they're like, oh, we can't let that happen again, and they let it happen immediately. I'm not saying that didn't as good as, as for feeder, but, uh, you know, like, if you're going to produce some hold on to them. But you know who could really use DCA, and he would make a really big impact, and it's the team that he was supposed to go to, is the Gold Coast Titans. So if you imagine if they, uh, they wow. swapped... DCE for, uh, what's his name, the over, overpriced one that they've got. Ash, Ash Taylor. Ash Taylor, yeah. Because they'd be about on a million bucks each. So if they got rid of Ash Taylor and offered that to DCE, DCE at the, at the Gold Coast Titans makes them a bloody good side next year. But you, it, looks, it what? looks like it's going to stay.
0: I think given the way the Broncos have been signing players and, and not signing players. of Wade. I think their form suggests that they will sign Ash Taylor for a million dollars. You
1: know what? I, did I tweet that?
0: I, I don't know.
1: I don't uh, know if I tweeted it, but I have think done, the exact same thing.
0: It just seems to be their form line at the moment. I reckon yeah. if Ash Taylor's smart, he just needs to play the back end of this season, the best he ever has. Mm-hmm. Broncos will pick him up for the same price he's currently on. Maybe a little bit less, but not by too much.
1: Yeah. When I was watching that game, uh, and it was such a weird game where the Titans looked like they were going to score 80 points on on the Broncos, and I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking it would be the most Broncos thing at the moment to sign Ash Taylor and build it up as like, we bought one of our boys back. And mm. it's like, yeah, you don't want to bring him back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... That just seems like something they would definitely do right now. So, definitely. And is the thing is, I think the other thing we're seeing that was interesting this weekend is some teams celebrating like they've just had, you know, one of their biggest wins in their entire club's history. Mm. And all they did was beat another team at their same level or slightly better. So the Broncos carried on like they just won a grand final by beating the Titans. Yeah. And the Tigers... Celebrating like they won a finals match and they beat the Dragons.
1: i tell you the other one that was along those lines. Um, when the the Canberra Raiders lost and I saw uh, a number of people saying, well, it looks like the Canberra Raiders are no longer part of the, the big six at the top of the competition. And you look where they sit in the ladder and it's like, <laughs> not even in the top eight. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, it it's interesting. I don't know, look, I'm not, I'm not
0: mocking those, those teams for celebrating the way they did because obviously they're in a point in their season where any success mm-hmm. is going to be very much welcomed and hard earned. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something I didn't think you'd be seeing as early as round eight.
1: Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I mean you you go back a week ago, we had. A team that won their first game of the season and their coach is crying on the sideline. Yeah. You know, and even then you go back to last year where the Broncos lost a game and their players were crying on the field. It's like, what's going on? Why is everyone so emotional? Like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of emotions, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. You're a cold hearted prick. Well, I just think everyone <laughs> should be dead inside like me. That's all yeah fair fair call (laughs) speaking of being dead inside um former i'm I'm, I'm hanging very very uh (laughs) closely on every word for this next segue former new zealand warriors winger manu vatuvai has revealed that he is up on charges of uh, i just want to get this right he's charged with possession, supply and importing a class A drug into New Zealand, which was methamphetamine. Um, now, this was information that was suppressed in the media. I guess he's been fighting to keep it suppressed. But he come out on his Instagram and basically said, in 2019, I was charged with importation, possession and supply of methamphetamines. All these charges are accusations I will be fighting my innocence for these charges. I know there'll be a lot of questions, but I've been advised by my legal team that that's all I can talk about. So he just wanted to get out ahead of when it all becomes public because in the next few days he will be facing uh, those charges in court. And man, he he faces life in jail if he's convicted. Didn't he have a serious injury? Like serious
0: near life-threatening one which forced him out of the game
1: oh i don't know if it was life-threatening but i feel like i remember a real serious one
0: and must or it ended his career yeah i feel like it was a career
1: end what was it
0: because was one it was at Salford. um
2: I, ju- I just can't remember what it was
1: I'd, I'd look it up. No, but my, I'm, my...
0: I'm having a look now, but I can't find anything. I'm sure he had some sort of um, some sort of injury which stopped him from playing because his career at Salford, I think he's... I thought from memory he signed a three-year deal there and he didn't even finish the season.
1: It wasn't something weird like he got deep vein thrombosis or something like that, some was like,
0: it? Some sort of injury that, that forced him out.
1: Yeah, it was something strange. Anyway... So he's come out and he's he's basically talked about that on his Instagram um as much as he can anyway, so i mean man that's that's very serious, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out
0: yeah, look um all I suggest is maybe get in touch with Michael Gordon. he's probably knows some legal people who might be able to help have a- co- talk about it over a coffee yeah, yeah, absolutely I mean all the great issues in the world are solved over Michael Gordon's coffees.
1: It's a, the best pick-me-up you've ever had.
0: Do you reckon he would be world famous if he moved his coffees to Melbourne?
1: That's a good point. I mean, Melbourne's really well known across the entire planet for its coffee. Uh, I know that people um, in Italy, they they sip their coffees and they say, it's not the quality you get in Melbourne, you know. Um, I don't know why they talk like the Count, but anyway. <laughs> uh, you make me turn. A one a coffee, two a coffee, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs>
2: three. Uh, of-
1: oh shit! Um, I could drink of- these fucking coffees all day. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we're adults, man. <laughs> that bullshit! who um, said that. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, adults being silly. Matthew Johns has revealed that him and his brother Andrew are looking to coach the Samoan Rugby League team with Sonny Bill Williams in a triumphant of just genius that would take over from the current coach. Um, There was a really good quote in this article. Apparently he revealed this on his show, the Matty John show. I don't watch the Matty John show. No, Um, neither do I. So he, he said... This is one of the quotes he said. We've got full-time jobs, so I don't know how it would work out. And Joey has been talking to Sonny Williams as well. We would do it for nothing, quite seriously. And Joey is the same. You wouldn't take a cent. Sonny wouldn't. It would be a bit of a three-way coaching. I don't know how it would work, but in my opinion, Samoa should be emulating what Tonga's doing. So these he said one thing right there, and that's the last thing. Yeah, they should be emulating what Tonga's doing. Yeah. But I like that these three got together. They said, let's coach Samoa if we can. We don't know how it's going to work or what the fuck we would do, but let's just try and coach Samoa anyway. That's a plan if ever I've heard one.
0: Yeah, like they've they've sat down over one of Michael Gordon's coffees and went, okay, we've got an idea. Let's coach a international team. No, 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 no. Don't ask any questions. That's the end of the brainstorming session. Let's go to the media with and see what happens.
1: Yeah. We're all going to coach Samoa. Don't even know if I can get time off work to do it, but there's going to be three of us. But no one's going to be in charge, and we don't know what we're going to do or how we're going to do it. But let's do it. And, uh, look, Matt Parrish needs to be turfed as a Samoan coach. His results as a Samoan coach are abysmal. And they have been for years. He's terrible. But to have, I mean, the, first of all, we invoke the John's clause, which is if a John's brother suggests something, you do not do it under any circumstances. So that should be the end of this, really.
0: Yeah, I think maybe they're just mates with Matt, Par- Matt Parrish. And this is a way of making sure Parrish keeps his job. Imagine that. That'd be the that- first time they does something generally intelligent.
1: It would be sad for Samoa rugby league. They well, really it's, need it's.
0: It's a sad result either way for Samoa if that's if that's their options.
1: The crazy thing is, like, people are going to listen to these idiots, and they're going to be like, "That's a great idea." Imagine all that experience, and and it's like, please stop. Like what I saw you? somebody saying, "You know what, Andrew John's coaches most of the halves in the competition." But remember there was a point where he would go and he'd coach one team's halves and they'd get worse and he'd coach another team's halves and they'd get worse. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, and look, let's be clear, okay? There are a lot of players out there who are absolutely fantastic players but did not translate to being great coaches
2: mm-hmm.
0: and vice versa. Yeah. You think of pretty much all of the great coaches we've got and not many of them were world-class, best-ever players.
2: No.
0: Yeah, barely any of them. Um, But you have a look at the likes of Wally Lewis, just wasn't able to convert it into coaching. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different reasons for all of that. I think a lot of it is because as as a player, they were seeing things before they happened, and that is a hard thing to try and teach to someone so that you can actually relate to them and teach them other things. Mm -hmm. You're teaching people who have got an inferior skill set to you so that's a complicated matter for a lot of these coaches to get around, uh, you also, know, former players.
1: Yeah, I also think there's an element of if you are a truly great player, a lot of the things that make you great is just your instinct, and so you don't have to think about it. Where some of the, some coaches you find they're very much players that had to think about the game, think about their game, think about what the team needed out of them and they applied it to their game as a player and then were able to apply it to other players when they went to the coaching ranks. Mm. And that's something that, I mean, you think of somebody like a Greg Inglis, who there is nobody that has maybe ever played the game who has ever been as effective on a rugby league field. But Greg, the things that Greg Inglis does on a football field how do you, you can't teach that to someone, you know, whereas if you're a, a player that has to have grafted and worked your ass off and, you know, scrambled to just be a first grade player, you can teach that to someone. And I th- I think that there's an element of that in terms of when a great player can't turn into a, a very good coach.
0: Yeah, no, I fully agree. I fully agree. That's why you've got a lot of players out there who are, yeah, you know, they they're unable to make that transition. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a large reason why, um, Andrew Johns has struggled to be genuinely successful as a, as a coach. He, not everything he's done as a coach has been rubbish. Um, same goes for Matty Johns, but he hasn't had the sort of strike rate that, you ex- you know, someone with his playing record has had. You, I think a lot of people would expect that he'd have the same sort of impact as a coach.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a high bar to set, you know, and so anytime that doesn't work out, it's sort of rightly or wrongly, it's sort of is a smear against his reputation as a coach, I guess. Um, Matthew Johns, I think as a coach, Matthew Johns has probably had a little bit more success than Andrew, but all in all, i I don't know that they've ever actually coached – pretty certain they've never actually coached an actual team mm. or assistant coached a team. They've mm. just been doing one-on-one coaching lessons with halves, and there's a big fucking step up from there. Even even when it's coaching, um, you know, Samoa or even if it's like Queensland, I suppose we only do it three times a year. Yeah. There's a lot more involved than just, you know – Focusing on one player and focusing on little things they need to do and get that right. And throwing Sonny Bill in there, it's you've got a net, <laughs> you've got a total of three coaches with a net, <laughs> a net total of zero games of actually coaching a team between the three of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's not exactly
1: a recipe for success. I don't care who you are. No, exactly. And, like, you look at somebody like a Mal Meninga who, as a club coach, he's his record wasn't fantastic. It was average. Yeah. And then he becomes a representative coach after a pretty long coaching career and club level. And he finds his place in terms of, you know, there are very few plays in the game's history that as a player saw how you bring together a bunch of players from all over the place into a representative team, get them to gel very quickly, get them to perform at the highest level. Very few players have ever been in that situation more than Mal Meninga ever has. And Mal Meninga really showed that you can, you've just got to bring that into the Origin Arena, and now he does it in the Australian team as well. Um You know, I always find it weird when people just decide to be coaches and they don't have a long history of coaching. It's just a little bit weird to me. We've seen it with Trent Barrett um, where he just ordained himself as a coach for no real reason, and I think we're seeing the results of that. I always think it's the best coaches are the ones that you don't think about. Like, whoever thought Ivan Cleary would be a a very good coach or – Craig Bellamy would be a very good coach. Like it's it's the ones you're not thinking about that end up being the good coaches. Yeah, I mean, even even a winger like Wayne Bennett was. Mm.
0: Who would have thought a winger would make a good coach? Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, it's it's very interesting how that happens. And I don't think most of the first grade coaches we've got at the moment were not exactly outstanding players or even rep players. Yeah. Um I find that that aspect quite fascinating. And given that it's it's happened an awful lot over history, there's got to be something to it. And I don't know, for people like Trent Barrett as well and and the Johns brothers, sometimes they've just got to accept that their niche in the coaching world is as an assistant coach. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: There's a a lot of coaches out there who are very, very good assistant coaches utterly garbage as a head coach look at jason taylor yes classic example mm-hmm. every club he's been to his assistant coach he's been fantastic becomes a head coach he's utter dross yes goes back to being assistant coach fantastic um even Trent barrett to some extent had the same same thing
1: oh, assistant the, coach the architect
0: the architect <laughs> I take it as the architect. What he did was he provided the pencil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're a of chopping your pencil, mate. It's just pretty it's... much his, his level of architecture. But anyway, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I I'd seriously suggest that Samoa goes to these three men and says, "Thanks, but no thanks." And mm-hmm. then if John Morris hasn't got a job,
1: offer it to him. Yeah. That's a good one, actually, John Morris. Um, Who else? Jeff Tuvey would be a good one, I think. Um, You know, I think Tuvey would be interesting, too, because he does also have that experience of being in rep sides and knowing how they come together pretty quickly. So, But there's some weird decisions that international teams make in terms of who they're going to get as coach. Like, I remember um, the United States team, brought in at one point they were coached by matthew elliott i believe and then they were coached by brian mcdermott and both of those guys know nothing about being coaches Who is the better coach out of those two
0: you reckon oh i you know what i would
1: take matthew elliott for sure like in fact i would take matthew elliott i would take matthew elliott to coach my club for five years over mcdermott for half a season you heard it here first,
0: Penrith fans.
1: Yeah. Um, I tell you, that like, the Lebanon team is getting coached at the World Cup by a former rugby union coach. Was that that Eddie? Nah, not Eddie oh, McGuire. Eddie McGuire. Uh, Eddie not Jones. Eddie Jones. What's his name? I don't know. He, he took over from Eddie Jones, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but, like, what the fuck we'll, are we'll, they doing? We'll go with that bloke. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so a lot of them make weird decisions and, you know, Sean Wayne, what's that going to do for England?
0: I've made a mistake there because now I've called him that bloke. He's never going to turn up in every, um, Matt Nable promo. How Check about this bloke? <laughs>
1: Check out that bloke. Good... He's now a coach. Good on you. Um, bloke. sad news today. Brett Morris died, apparently. Uh, Well, I miss this. Well,
0: this is the thing that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, it's obviously horrible news. Matt, uh, sorry, um, Brett Morris he's done a pretty serious knee injury.
1: Yeah, ACL, done.
0: The media very quickly come out and say, oh, is this the end of his career? I think Mm. he's 35. Mm. I've seen quite a few players playing to their late 30s now. Yep. He's been in fucking stunning form this year. Mm -hmm. Why does this injury, which was meant for this year, automatically mean that his career's fucked?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, say he was signed by, uh, like, the Rabbitohs, for instance, for next season. I would be like, you know what? Not a bad signing. Gives him a bit of depth in the backs. Yeah. Like, this isn't a guy that looks like his career is over.
0: No, he's, he's definitely not making I mean, he's scored 11 tries in six fucking games this year. Yeah.
1: He's not making up the numbers. I didn't get the whole, the morning process over the last 24 hours. Like, yeah, I understand it's rotten. You don't want to see any player do a knee. But, man, it, it was like they instantly retired him. It was very strange. Yeah. So I, I, for one, hope he doesn't bow to that sort of commentary
0: and says, mm-hmm. I'm not retiring. Yeah. I'm playing on. Uh, because he's still got plenty to give. He's been stunning this year, and he doesn't look like he's lost any pace whatsoever. Um, If he loses a little bit, he's still going to be pretty bloody sharp. He's still a stunning finisher. Um, I saw
1: some people saying, and I heard this earlier in the year too, he is, and his brother, arguably the best wingers of all time. Arguably?
0: Yes, so we can argue it. Well, that's what these people were saying. Mm. That's uh, the uh, problem. That's the problem when the, the morning process starts like this. Is you do get a little bit of uh, exaggeration. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not playing him down. I'd put him. I'd put him very high up in my list of wingers of all time. I wouldn't say best of all time.
1: No, no. In fact, when I'm thinking of the best of all time. I'm not thinking of the Morris boys.
0: Well, the first first few that come to mind are going to be um, Ken Irvine. Yeah. And it's such a great list. I can't, forget, I can't remember his name. Both went over to England for ages.
1: Uh, Brian Bevan? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. and that, then that, you... That's your starting point. You work yeah. back from there. And, you know, of current players, um, I think Josh Addo Carr you know i think that if he went on to play until like he's 38 and he got the tri score record I, I could be like yeah he's he's the best winger of all time because i think he's the best winger i've ever seen in terms of you know you just you don't have to worry about him defensively in attack he goes looking for the ball but then you give him a little bit of space and he's gone it's over yeah he's um, um he's like Nathan Blacklock version 2.0. Yeah, yeah, he's like yeah, he's like Blacklock with way way better defensively. And I think the Blacklock was fine defensively. I thought that it was overrated, people saying his defense wasn't good. But he he like Carr is just a fantastic defender, like a top yeah. class defender. And under the high ball and every, like it's just an all-round game for him. He's really the only winger, the only other one that I think could have done it was uh, Israel Folau. If he had stayed in rugby league, I think he could have ended up being the best winger of all time because um, he was doing amazing things on the wing. Yeah, that's true.
0: But, uh, yeah, no, it's horrible news what's happened there. I, I, for one, hope that Brett Morris returns mm. to playing next year. Same here. Because I think he's still got plenty to give and I still think he's out of quality even after this injury. So um,
1: don't hang up the boots, Brett. No play on absolutely play on there's a there's a there's a three year deal waiting for you at the west Tigers, son five five yeah. if if somebody come to you and said brett Morris two year contract after an a c l injury would you say yes or no I'd, I
0: would generally say no because okay. I'm sick of the tigers signing backs okay, yeah, that's, that's a good point actually not our weak point, we need you know. You've got to stop the fucking points being scored first before you start wondering about how you're going to score them.
1: True. He'd be good. You know where he'd be good is uh, Parramatta. Mm. That'd be a pretty handy signing for Parramatta. Yeah, ditch Blake Ferguson put him out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Now, earlier in the week, there was talk that, and this is something we talked about as well a long time ago, that the NRO was looking to split all of its teams after expansion into conferences and you would have a Sydney conference and you would have a non-Sydney conference. And basically the conferences would play everyone within their conference twice and everyone in the other conference once. So we would get cross conference play. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we would have some sort of final system, which wasn't really talked about too much, but there was an idea that you would have a finals that where they'd both play each other in maybe a Super Bowl style situation, or maybe you'd get the top, you know, four from both conferences and throw them together into the one final system. That was more up in the air. But you know, there are positives and negatives about conferences and and how it all work. Um, I don't think the game's ready for that. I don't think we've got nearly enough teams to need it. I think
0: the the biggest issue for me with this and it's the only glaring issue is the fact that the Sydney conference will spend about $17 to be run mm-hmm. and the other conference will spend about $35 billion every year to be run. Yeah. Cause just yeah. with travel. Um, and to me, that's what makes it completely illogical. It's, it's going to force the teams outside the Sydney conference to, especially some of the ones that are a distance away, Cowboys, Warriors, um, Canberra, Melbourne, Um, any expansion teams to probably end up eating each other in order to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll end up with a conference that's going to be largely based in Brisbane and another one largely based in
1: Sydney. And that for me is stupid. Yeah, I agree. And as a a follower of mine on Twitter called Tyrone pointed out um, last week when this was brought up and he, he doesn't follow a Sydney club and he's like, I love it when my team's, Play the Sydney teams. I wouldn't want to not play the Sydney teams as often, and I think people forget that sometimes. That I remember Gordon Tallis talking about the final series, and when we used to have the semi-finals both in Sydney and the grand final in Sydney, and Gordon Tallis was like, as a Brisbane player, that's what they want. They that feels like the big moment for them is when you go down to Sydney for a grand final. That's as much a part of their rugby league history as anything else. And I think people forget that sometimes, that, you know, we've got a lot of Sydney teams, but a lot of non-Sydney teams love playing the Sydney teams, and we should never lose track of that. No,
0: I agree. I think, for me, ultimately, you want to get to a situation where I think every team plays each other once, and then you have the finals. Yeah. And the way to get that is to have more teams in the comp.
2: hmm
0: So it means that, ultimately, you have... 24 teams and you end up playing 23 rounds or 20, 22 teams and you play 20 rounds or whatever it is, that should be what you focus on. And whoever you played at home in year one, you go to their venue in year two and you just keep alternating backwards and forwards. No way, yeah. you can have exactly the same draw every single year. All you've got to do is change around the venues. You can change yeah, the I- days a little bit there and there, here and there, but it would be so much easier for everyone. It would be
1: perfect, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, it wouldn't. To me, it just stays on a lot of administration, a lot of drama. Just everyone knows, okay, July 7 is when we play this team.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
0: like You make it a big deal.
1: Yeah, and then like if you, I mean, even if you get to a point where you're playing a 25-round competition and you expand the competition by a couple more teams, you know, playing 27 games, if you've got a league that big, it's not the end of the world either, you know. You can work with that. Until you start getting up towards 30 games, and then you might have to sort something out. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that that would be perfect. Just play everyone once, and you flip the home and away series the next year. Um, Now, off the back of that talk about conferences, we're obviously getting a new team in Brisbane at some point. They're still talking about it. They love talking about it. But there was also talk that there's going to be a second team in New Zealand that will come in with the Brisbane team or very soon after the Brisbane team. And it's interesting because Perth really seemed like a front runner for a long time and Perth has come out recently, as we talked about, with the Perth Quakers or Western Quackers or whatever they're going to call themselves. We've got to wait and see because we'll have to sue them for the Quakers name eventually. But, um, it, you know, second New Zealand team, what do you think about that?
0: i'm I'm not opposed to it
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but i I don't yeah I don't want it to be in a situation where it might cannibalize the Warriors either, and I don't know how you go about it because we historically we haven't had anywhere near the same volume of players coming from the South Island as we had from the north, yeah, so it's going to have to be a north based island, so maybe it's got to be down around the capital city, maybe that can work' cause then it's at either ends of the North Island. Um, but still, I think they're going to end up fighting over the same um, the same sort of group of players eventually, because there's not that huge a gap from those two cities anyway. It's only you know a few hundred Ks. It's not that big a, a distance. And they're the only two teams there, so they're going to end up fighting over the same players at some point. Um, so I don't know how they go about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to it. But mm-hmm. yeah the structure of those teams needs to be laid down pretty clear and how they're not going to impact one another is, I think, vital. So they've got to be able to have a a rivalry with the Warriors, but they can't be in a situation where they might be starting to impact on the Warriors' chance to survive as well. And they're going to have to, at some point, the Warriors are going to have to give a little because they've got all of New Zealand themselves at the moment, so they've got to give a little. But you don't want to be taking too much from the Warriors where they start to become too weak and uncompetitive. So it's that final balancing act, which I'm hoping they consider when they put a team in Brisbane as well. That's my big concern: is that you take a team that's, you know, got an entire city to itself, or you, the Warriors have got an entire country to themselves, and you put another team there, mm-hmm. you're automatically halving the amount of players that they've got available to them. So the other one, the other team, can survive, and that's that's a huge whack.
1: See, I I take a different sort of look at it than you do i think that it would be fantastic for the warriors to have somebody in new zealand that they've got to fight against in terms of um how they do things how they run their business their coaching setup their junior development system and the 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 juniors that they do target like, I don't know where the second New Zealand... And I think you could bring in second New Zealand team next season and it would work to a certain extent. Um, they'd be better than the Bulldogs, that's for sure. But I think that where they're based is up to the Kiwis. They will work that out, the best place to base them themselves. Um, I would hope that that place has a nice rectangular stadium that fans can go to and know that they're going to enjoy a good game of football and it's a nice place to watch game of footy. Um, they only and, have rectangular stadiums. Hey? They only have rectangular stadiums, don't they? Well, Eden Park isn't a perfect rectangle, but they're not going to have the second team in Auckland anyway. But I like that indoor stadium they've got. You know the one that's uh, oh, looks yeah. like Greenhouse? Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, and it always seems like whenever there's a game, an NRL game played there, it's a not a bad atmosphere and just seems like a, a nice environment to watch a game at. But I don't know that it's a big enough media centre for a brand new club to be pl- uh, based at. But, um, well, hey, I've got games at like Yeah, that's a good point. And Flanders wants more of that.
0: <laughs> is, is there an empty cow paddock somewhere in the middle of New Zealand that we can just put a few chairs
1: on? A few chairs and yeah. exactly two portable toilets. Exactly. You don't need any more than that. Nah, that um, seems fine. Bit of electricity running
0: there, so you can put some lights up and a few microphones.
1: At the very least, like, maybe have a generator and a bunch of extension cords Yeah, you can exactly. have around everywhere. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got, you know, you've got your suburban ground then. Fantastic. Yeah, it's got a
0: exactly. hill too.
1: Yeah. And maybe a tree overhanging it. Oh, tree. I mean, you know what? They should put a tree in actually on the field. There's a, isn't there a cricket ground like that in England? Oh, there probably is. I'm, so, I'm almost certain there's a cricket ground where there's a tree planted in the field. and
0: I wouldn't be surprised if there's a sports ground somewhere in England. has got a fucking Tesco in the middle of it.
1: <laughs> Leave Central Park out of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but yeah, I think that, that that's... Uh, Competitiveness between the Warriors and the second team. I kind of think they need it. I think that I know, they've. I'm, 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 I'm in agreement that they need it. I'm just,
0: I just don't want it to be something that will cannibalize one team and risk losing it. I think, yeah. I think if we're going to go that way, then we want to make sure that both teams survive and are successful. I don't want to see one dominate the other and force the other one to die.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's all I'm after. Yeah. And I, I don't want it playing out of that the cake tin in Wellington. Whenever I see a game played there, it's like just the most soulless shit I've ever seen. How can you respect a ground that's called the cake tin? Exactly. Like, mm. What could you call something that's round like that that's better than the cake tin, like more more menacing? More menacing? The, uh, the toilet lid? The serrated cock ring. <laughs> that would scare people. <laughs> You would definitely stay seated. <laughs> Where would someone find something like that? Let me Google it. No, um, so <laughs> that brings up a lot of ideas. Let's 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 push this. Let's push this. Let's hope yeah. someone's listening. What would you call a team that played at the serrated cockering? Well, roosters would be perfect, wouldn't the it?
2: Roosters. <laughs> oh shit!
1: The roosters. That would be perfect. It really would be, hey. Eh? Damn. Uh, the Devils? Red Devils. The the Dirty Reds? Ooh. Oh.
0: <laughs> they, that goes somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's yep. move on. <laughs> Spe- speaking
0: of other teams, yes. um, I did also see the NRLs decided they're going to introduce two new NRL women's teams next year. Yeah. And they also said that they think that the the women's the women's team based in New Zealand could be under threat. Yeah, which would be a disgrace. It yeah, I mean,
1: disgrace. they
0: should not be looking at bringing in... I, I want to preface this first by saying we need to have more women's teams, mm-hmm. but I don't want to see more women's teams come in if it means other teams are getting arsehole. Yes. So if... Why bring in two teams if one has to die? Why not bring in one team and save the other one? Yes. That way you
1: get both good results. And it's obviously a cost-cutting thing. Like, the the New Zealand women's rugby league team is, you know, very important to the game. Um, I don't understand why you would make it a more difficult pathway for you know, women's players in New Zealand to be professional players at some level, you know, or semi-professional, I guess. Um, As for who they'd bring in, like, I think that the Penrith Panthers would be not doing their job for rugby league if they do not get one of the licences. I think to be a complete club, and we've seen how strong the Panthers are across their grades this year, especially if they don't go after one of those licences hard... Um, they're not doing their job, and I'd be really disappointed in the club. And they don't even have to be called the Penrith Panthers; call them Western Sydney something. I, it doesn't matter what you call them, but one of those teams should be run by the Panthers, in my opinion. And the you know the, that because we don't really have a team for Western Sydney. And the other thing is, I think the other team should be a, a like I don't know a Canberra-based team or a Melbourne team. Like, it should be a regional team.
0: Yeah, um, I've got the feeling that they're going to go with the safe option and probably mm-hmm. stick with one in Sydney, one in Brisbane. And yeah. given they've already got one in Brisbane, they might look at Gold Coast or something. Yeah. Um, the historian in me wants them to put a team at uh, Cronulla, given that Cronulla was the Cronulla women's team were very, very um, strong when it mm-hmm. came to actually setting up the NRLW and to me, it seemed like an absolute tra- travesty that they didn't get a team yeah. first up. Um, so I'd like to see them get rewarded for their hard work um, in those early days of setting up the NRLW to get a team now. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what else they do. I'd, I'd like to see the women have a strong say in how they're, their game is run and not just mm-hmm. be left up to the NRL. Yeah. Because the NRL, they have had a tendency to make a few weird decisions over time, especially with teams and rules and, you know, stuff. So I think if the uh, the women get together and say, you know, we think there should be a team based here, 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 I think that would be something that should be very strongly listened to and taken on board.
1: 100%. And I think the interesting thing about the women's competition Is that you know some of the teams have really they've seemed more natural than others you know if that makes sense it seems to have worked more organically than other teams I think that needs to be looked at and yeah look I've I've said for a long time I would love the women's comp to be run by women for women by women like I, I I think it's a shame that it is under the NRL umbrella. Um, because I think it, it just should be for the women themselves. And I don't think they these teams need to be connected to NRL clubs. Um, I understand it helps financially and all that, but, you know, I, I just think it's a shame to sort of brush aside what Women's Rugby League has been. You know, it's not like it just started when the NRLW started. It, it's been around a long time before that. And I think that those traditions should have been, you know, Played forward rather than it just be oh let's slap an NRL team's badge on this.
0: I mean, are you suggesting that maybe we should have had a team that was just called Sydney, which we've already got, and another one from North Sydney?
1: I'd, look, I, I I would have been happy if they had said we've got you know did the, the, the old idea of a, a Sydney team from North, South, East, and West. Yep, and then it's one team per per city. If they'd have done that, I'd have been like, wow, that's a fantastic start and a great idea. Yeah,
0: I'm not too opposed to that either. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see what
1: they do. I would not,
0: I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if they add in two teams, affiliated with current NRL sides, and they'd be both based in Sydney.
1: Yeah, I, w- yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if... They'll if, uh, go the they, safe bet. Yeah, they, they'll say, we're expanding the competition, and you can drive to the expansion teams within 15 minutes of each other. <laughs> or walk, yeah. You walk there, <laughs> like the good old days. I could walk our old grounds, and oh, it's the best. Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, and if you didn't live within fifteen minutes of your ground, well, fuck you. You don't exist.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just on the talk of the expansion, possible expansion of the NRL with the second New Zealand team, there was a pretty funny article that Craig Nuremberg's brought to my attention on Twitter. And it was by a former New Zealand rugby union player called Andrew Mertens. Um, And he was basically saying that the NRL should not be looking to expand into New Zealand because of the perilous state uh, of the finances of New Zealand Rugby Union, and the fact that Rugby Union in New Zealand is looking to sell part of its its soul, Andrew, to an investment company, and that all of their Rugby Union teams over there are struggling to turn a profit, and he just so doesn't selling, think Selling their soul. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, remember Rugby Union for 100 years used to pretend that it was an amateur game and then they turned professional and now it's just, they're a bunch of whores. Hmm. Using your terminology here, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're looking to, they're looking to private investment basically for the game in New Zealand. Um, And because, you know, they're struggling financially. There's only so much, Money you can suck out of a, you know, a country that's the size of, you know, a a, a nice council area in Sydney. So they've got that problem, and this former rugby union player doesn't want the NRL to come in and take everything over, basically.
0: Sorry, I'm just getting over selling this soul.
1: Yeah, yeah. That
0: that's that's kind oh, of thrown yeah.
1: me a little bit. I see what you mean, because they don't have souls, do they?
0: Well, there is there is that. And, you know, they kind of sold their soul with the whole we're amateur no-one-gets-paid thing that they were completely abusing
1: back about three minutes after the game actually started. Yeah, and then they, uh, <laughs> in 1995, they decided to start paying taxes.
0: And openly paying all their players. Yes, as and there was also just, that... As opposed to just stuffing large wads of money into their boots while they're out on the field.
1: Yes, and there was also that time they collaborated with Nazis. There was that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's um, I mean, as, as some rugby union fans have told me, that was just a one-off. I'm going, well, yes, because there's only been one Nazi party
1: that tried to rule the world. Yeah, it's like, you know, if your one-off is collaborating with Nazis, uh, yeah. I don't think you just get to go, yeah, one-off.
0: <laughs> You can't really water that down or just throw it away. It's just something that never really happened. You know,
1: you did delete another sport because you didn't like the fact they were better than you in the space of three years. And there was also that time when they uh, toured South Africa during apartheid and named a number of Maori players honorary whites. That was, you know, a little bit (laughs) selling your soul there as well. If anyone wants to read up that... Disgraceful event. Feel free to fucking terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, selling souls. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe it's possible that, you know, souls are like lies for cats and everyone gets nine of them. Possibly. Although they've probably still got rid of those as well. Maybe they're like two cats,
1: three cats. How many cats can you be, souls wise? they'd need they would need more cats than Buzz Rothfield owns. I feel like Buzz Rothfield owns a lot of cats, don't you, you
0: he's you reckon he's a cat
1: man yeah I
0: don't know So you've you've got to be home and and somewhat functioning to be able to keep the animal alive. <laughs>
1: Actually, that's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> anyway, we should we should go on another tack before we get into any more trouble. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, is there any more news? That's all the news that really stood out for me that I could find this week. Um,
0: the Tigers won.
1: Yeah, were you happy about that?
0: Um, surprised. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I think the thing that's most surprising is the fact that they kept the team to less than three hundred points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maguire kept going on about how you know they managed they managed the ebbs and flows a lot better,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and just I was listening to a lot of the coaches' comments, and a lot of the losing coaches are talking about how the best teams are able to manage momentum and control control the pace and the Dictate the way the game runs a lot better than the lower teams
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I thought No (laughs) Doesn't kind of work that way The better teams just don't fuck up as much At very very costly times And they've got much better defense Yeah Because The rules themselves have been Changed and fucked around with so much that It's attack oriented football That's what it's creating so the teams that are most successful are the teams who have got the best defense, not the best attack. Yeah. And I don't know why a lot of people haven't realized that yet. Like the reason why Penrith did so well last year and got to the grand final and only lost one game up until that point well, yeah, was the fact that their defense was superb. And when you look back over the last decade or so, the teams with the best defense are getting into the grand finals. Mm -hmm. More often than not. But the teams with the best attack are not always necessarily making it to the grand finals. That hasn't changed. That's the only aspect of the game that hasn't changed. Um, And right now, I mean, as much as it was good that the Tigers had a win, they are, after eight games, sporting a points differential of minus 100-odd or something like that. It's just... Ridiculous! I think the crazy thing too is the Sharks are only one place ahead of them and their points differential is minus 18.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. How about the Sharks falling off Cliff since they got rid of Morris? Since, I mean, oh, you
0: mean since since they ripped the soul out of the club? Yeah, it's that's just what they crazy.
1: Did. It's just crazy that I, I don't think I've ever seen a situation where a club has been going not too bad and then they've made a coaching change, and it's just, that's it. Like, they spiked their entire season. It's really strange. That's the thing, though. So many of their players are playing for
0: a contract next year, but the one player who isn't, who had an absolutely disgraceful game on the weekend, was Chad Townsend.
1: Oh. God, man. If you,
0: you know. If I'm the Sharks right now, I'd, I'd dump him. I say, you know what? You're not here next year. You're not in our plans yeah. anymore. We're obviously not playing good enough. Um, you can just play for Newtown for the rest of the year. We're going to start bringing through our junior halves. we're going to give them game time so they're ready to go next year. That's what I'd be doing.
1: Yeah, and I've got no problem with that. Like, remember um, Wayne Bennett did that a number of years ago. I can't remember the play. Was it Justin Hodges he did that with? I think so. When, yeah, he signed for the Sydney Roosters and he dropped him. And it was basically along the lines of like, why would I spend my time developing him as a player? And it was a different time for rugby league. It Now I think it's much more accepted. Like when the Broncos dropped Dearden um, after he signed with the, the North Queensland Cowboys, I was like, yeah, I understand that. I think that's a good move. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I would drop Townsend and I guess that's the thing, like, you know, Josh Hannay is their their coach at the moment, their caretaker coach until Fitzgibbon comes in next year. Does does he get asked by Fitzgibbon to you know develop the young halves that they've got there and drop towns in? Is or, or does he not get those instructions? Like it's such a, a weird situation, and yeah. one that and one that the board, the Sharks board, has put the club in. It's it's terrible. Another big, speaking of terrible, another big issue that the
0: Sharks have got is the fact that um, Wade Graham came back from a his second HIA, mm-hmm. second concussion for the year, and then copped another one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, if I was the Sharks, given the way the season's looking right now, I'd be giving Wade a month or two off and just say, you know what, get your head right. We'll do every test we can under the sun to make sure you're perfectly fine. And if yeah. we're not convinced, you need to have a chat. Yeah, what you do with the rest of your career because he's not – I don't think he's 30 yet. I think he's 29.
1: Yeah. It's a—it's scary when a player comes back from a head knock and they get one immediately. Um, I agree with you, especially with the, the way this season's going. Like, give him some time on the sideline and and let him get right. Yeah. Because um, they gave him two weeks
0: leading up to this game and – Thankfully, and this is the worst use of the word. Thankfully, it wasn't a minor bump that caused the the knockout. He had a pretty heavy head clash mm-hmm. with Kamikametha, I think it was, yeah. and he was running hard, and it was front of head onto to his chin, um, and they both went down. So it was a pretty heavy knock, and Wade apparently passed his HIA. But the coach mm. just said, there's no point bringing you back on. You know, it's like 30 minutes left. The game's gone. What's the point? So, thankfully, that's in his favour. But the way the Sharks go at the moment, I, I wouldn't be risking bringing him back early. I know the season's not over yet, but at the same time, the Sharks do have quite a bunch of talented forwards that need a bit of game time. Give him, give him a few games now. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. Um, just thinking about the Fergo and the Freak tipping comp on tipping.nrl.com, which is the official NRL website's tipping competition. Um, having a look at our top 10 at the moment, James Cunningham is leading the way with 49 total tips, right? Um, Peter Rascher is second with Marksman Plays. Andy, Andrew Marjolek. Or Marjolet, as you like to call him. Marjolet. Um, yeah, he's next. What's Sarah, Sarah Miller is in fifth place. She, uh, I think she dropped a tip this week. Yeah, she only got five out of, out of eight right this week. So she dropped back a, a little bit, um, followed by the glorious league freak in sixth spot. Um, and then Reagan Seaton, my former housemate. And then Nadine Chilis is Ooh. there. Yeah. Can I just ask,
0: have I gone further backwards and how far am I from the bottom now? You
1: are, let me look down the list. Oh, man, come on, Andrew. Oh, where are you? You're down in 23rd. Holy shit. Okay, so you've got 41 tips, right? And the yeah. top person has 49. Okay. So, catchable. Yeah, over the course of a season, I would say catchable for sure. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying
0: that with any form of positivity because I know they're not catchable now, mm. but um, it still sounds reasonable at this stage. How many, how many tipsters do we have all up? We have 38 total tipsters. Okay, so I'm not, I haven't disgraced myself too much yet. I've still got time to go to do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: You're still like, there's still, you're still, I mean, 23rd, yeah. It's not like you look at the bottom and you see your name. Yeah. not yet. But I'm on it. so top one has forty nine, and the tenth place one has forty six. So at the top, even eleventh place has forty six. So the people at the top of the competition—they're not that far ahead of each other. It's all very even.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's not too bad. We've got a pretty good competition there. Yeah. How are we really how are we going over at the uh,
1: the who tipped?
0: Is it who, t- who tipped who? Whatever it is,
1: who tipped who t- what? That's who one. tipped what dot com. Okay, let's have a look. I think I might have dropped...
0: I somehow st- I, st- I made it into an ACDC themed thing. What do you mean? Well, you know, they had a song I think called Who Made Who. I was just turning it into Who tipped who.
1: Okay. So I, it looks like I am back into equal second place with a bunch of people. Um and let's see where you are, which means our Furgo on the Free competition on uh, tipping.nrl.com overall does better than the people that tip on this comp. Um let and me they're experts. One. Yeah, exactly. I'm, tr- I'm looking for you. Hang on. Keep scrolling down. Jesus, man. Bit you're, you're in You're in 34th place. <laughs> Out of how many? Uh... Fifty six. Oh no, no, people. Fifty four. So oh, the middle the, of the road. So the worst tippers in this competition. And keep in mind, there's maybe some weeks where they didn't get the tips from these people or whatever. So Hannah Hollis is last. Brent Reed is second last. Darcy McDonald, who we it, lovely guest, come on the podcast a few weeks ago. She's third last. Phil Rothfield, uh, Dean it, Ritchie. Uh, <laughs> Phil and Dean put their tips in every week. Do,
0: do they? I'm, I'm sure, sure they do. I'm saying uh, they do.
1: NRL Economist, uh, Jimmy Smith, Michael Shamus, Nick Tejeski. But he has. I think he's missed a couple of weeks because yeah, this he, one
0: isn't filled he, out. He had the same thing last year. He
1: he didn't put his tips in there very often. Okay. Um, o Errol Reading the Play, David Riccio, Willie Mason, his tips aren't in this week, Albie. Uh, who runs the website, and then it's you. Well, hey, so yeah, David Richel was the bloke who put out yet another article
0: today about all the players the West Tigers left. Oh, so, really? You know, let let go, yeah. Because every single daily Telegraph Journal has to run that article. It's part of their KPIs. They've got to do it at least once every year. <laughs> so they figured Tigers are going shit. Let's keep punching them out now while people are reading it. You know, so that, I think you got done a couple of week like a week or so ago.
1: Yeah, not very long ago. Yeah, so you know, he's gone. Let's just do another one. So going by this one, um, the game that really tripped out some people was the Warriors versus Cowboys game, which I'm surprised anyone would tip the Cowboys um, over the Warriors. The Warriors are playing not too bad. And then almost everyone, let me go, like there was very few people tipped the Tigers. So... That could have been the other game that tripped people up, but didn't. Greg Alexander tipped the Raiders over South Sydney. How about that? Ballsy. Come on, Brandy. What are you doing? Very ballsy. Yeah, there was only a few people that did that. If I went down and you tipped them, I'd fucking laugh. No, you tipped (laughs) the South as well. You did a, a really good week. Did you get a perfect week? No. No. You didn't tip the Broncos. I oh, didn't tipped... get the Broncos, and I picked yeah, the Cowboys as well.
0: Because see, I got to the point now where I realised I've got to pick at least one or two roughies every week. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I, so get that. I try and go with um, the Tigers, are usually one of the roughies, mm-hmm. and the other one I try and pick um, a game where it's two teams that are reasonably close on the ladder. I try to go against the favourite. Yeah, according to the bookies. There yeah, you go. I went up one spot on the on the ranking.
1: Yeah, that's handy. See the only reason I like to be near the top of this one is because I know that there are people that it it one hundred percent will piss off that I'm better at them than this. <laughs> that's the only reason I enjoy this one. <laughs> You're two wins off top spot here. Two wins? Yeah, two wins, yeah. I'll get there. I come home strong. Also I'm very good at tipping near the end of the year. Well. You did pick
0: the Dragons. I'm surprised, mate, that you picked a Matthew Elliott somewhat coach side. Yes. That'll loan you. Yeah, that will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) we will make mistakes.
2: (laughs) I'll take
1: Matthew Elliott over Brian McDermott any day as a coach. There you go. Oh, by the way, uh, Greg Inglis made his debut for the wire over there in Super League, scored a try on debut. Um, I didn't see much of him because he really only touched the ball once that I saw in the highlights. Uh, uh, watching the highlights of the game, fucking hell, the defence is bad. Yeah, it's, they, and they look set to,
0: to be adopting um, a bunch of the current NRL rules too. I saw that the International Rugby League announced that the Set restarts were going to be introduced um, internationally
1: yeah, they've this been year as well. Yeah.
0: So um, I don't like that rule too much. I think that's going to hurt international footy a bit.
1: I agree. I agree. We're going to see some blowout score lines from that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, can you imagine an Australian team with eight tackles to use even in a set? Like, yeah. With luck. Well, even if you're looking at Papua New
0: Guinea or someone like that, and if they were taking on you know, Malta or even France, it
1: could get messy. I'm going to ask you a question. If there was, in the World Cup, if there was one team you could see where they play a game and they got a ridiculous amount of six-gen rules that was outrageously over the top, who would that team be that receives that?
0: I've got two teams. Okay. I just mentioned them, France and Papua New Guinea. Oh, there you go. I'd love to see Papua New Guinea because they just play with so much energy. And France because they do tend to have um, a tendency to throw the ball around a bit.
1: I think we are going to see a screw job on on a team where England gets a ridiculous amount of six again calls. It'll happen against someone like Fiji or something where it just so happens that the home team, they get all these six again calls for no reason. I'm not saying that there's anything going on, but yeah. when it happens, I'm definitely going to tweet about it. I'm not sure it's going to be enough,
0: though. I'm yeah. not seeing enough at the moment from, and I've only seen a little bit of the English Super League games, but I'm not seeing enough from that um, of their elite players over there who are eligible to play for Great Britain or England, whoever they choose to come bring over. Um, I'm not seeing enough from them at the moment to suggest that they're going to be... Immensely competitive I don't think they've improved enough From when they came over here And got belted by everyone
1: I uh Apparently Sam Walker was born In England I guess when his dad was over there Playing in Super League um, They should do everything they can To get him in an England jersey Because they don't have any halves otherwise <laughs> They've already had that conversation with him And hopefully Sam Walker said Go away.
0: Yeah, I want to play for you know, I'd I'd rather not play international football than play international football and lose all the time.
1: Who what what's uh who's in their group? Who's in their group? I've They're... not had a look. I think they've got a reasonably
0: nice group really.
1: See, I thought it was a bad group for them. Uh R L W C groups.
0: Uh, let's see. This league World Cup group A. Oh yeah, they've got a bad group. They've got Australia, New Zealand, and I oh know they're, the, they're the. No, they've got Samoa, France, and Greece. See, they they should beat Greece. They'll beat they Greece and beat France, France, but they'll they'll be yeah. they'll struggle against Samoa.
1: I think the thing I'm thinking is when they go in through to the next round, and. I feel like I feel like the way I, I worked it out is maybe they'd have to play the second team from Group B or something like that, which I think is going to be Fiji. Group A. So group, group A winner plays
0: the runner-up for Group D. Group so D. The, the runner-up in Group D is going to be one of Tonga, Papua New Guinea, Wales, or Cook Islands.
1: So it's probably... It'll be Tonga or PNG. Yeah. Like the Cook Islands punch above their weight, but... They're going to find it. And Wales, fucking Wales, who gives a shit? Um, The Group C, New Zealand, and you would think Lebanon. But we'll see. Jamaica might prove an upset there. It's going to be Australia and Fiji from Group B, and it's going to be Samoa and probably England, yeah.
0: Depends on who's available for Lebanon. I wouldn't be surprised if Ireland do reasonably well in that group because... You yeah, know, there's an awful lot of players who are eligible for Ireland around the world.
1: Uh, it's like St. Patrick's Day where every fucking person that's ever met an Irish person, they say they're Irish. Yeah. Ugh.
0: So I wouldn't be surprised if it's New Zealand and Ireland at the top of that group there. But I'd put Lebanon, I'd suggest if Lebanon is largely an Australian-based team, they should they should be able to get the second spot there.
1: I I just have a feeling that Jamaica might just pull an upset, and I think that they'll beat Ireland. Mm. I know it's a big call. I know it it's is. a big call, but I just have a feeling about it.
0: They're playing at the home ground of Headingley, so you know that's that's something in their favour for that game.
1: I just want to see England have to play like. You know what? Here is what I am thinking. Who does the second place team in Group A play?
0: Uh, group A runner-up plays the Group D winner, so they'll play Tonga or Papua New Guinea.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the thing because I think Samoa can beat England, and like they'd be out straight away. If doesn't matter who they play, Tonga or PNG, they're not beating those teams. No.
0: So that would suggest that you would much rather be the Group A winner than the Group A runner-up. Because if you're the Group A runner-up, you're most likely to play against Tonga. Yeah. In the first week. Either way, you've got to play Tonga in the first or second week of the finals.
1: Yeah, and you're, you're screwed. Like, if Australia was playing Tonga in the first week of the finals, I'd be like, oh, jeez. So what it does mean, though, yeah, because of the way the
0: final system is set up, I think Australia is in the top half of the finals draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are, which means we're not going to see Australia playing England in the final. Most well, yeah, I don't think we will.
1: See, I'd yeah, I'd say I think that England's going to lose their first game in the finals anyway. Um, yeah, so that, like well, that's it. what I mean. Like,
0: you know, England's going to have to play Tonga mm. or Papua New Guinea. And I don't think they'll get through both of them, let alone one of them. The Kiwis...
1: So, so I guess the Kiwis are going to play Fiji, and Australia will play, if you went by, you know, just ranking Lebanon. Yeah. So
0: I dare say we, it's a very high probability that the final could be between Australia and Tonga.
1: Yeah, I, that's what I felt like the final is going to be, Hey. Huh?
0: Yeah. And...
1: That's not a given for the no, side. No,
0: not um, at all. It's about time we had a World Cup final that wasn't a bloody foregone conclusion before the competition started.
1: Yeah, and look, as an Australian, I, have, I would have zero problem with, number one, everyone going for Tonga. That was an Australian. Number two, if Tonga wins the World Cup, I mean, what an amazing thing for Rugby League that would be.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, the, one of the most memorable games ever it was that Tonga beat Australia, like straight up. No, you know, no asterisks next to that one. Yeah, Um, no excuses, no bullshit. I would like to see Fiji do well in this World Cup too because they've been, at times they've done all right, but then they've got to the the final, um, the semifinals and that, and they've been really disappointing. I'm hoping that they do better this time around. And I was just thinking about it on the weekend when I was watching Kick-Out playing. Kick, look, Kick-Out didn't have a great game. But I was just thinking, like, man, what would an England team do to shut down a Kick-Out? Like, good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they do there. It's yeah. crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's something to look forward to at the end of the year. Yeah. And so we that, will be.
1: Yeah, I reckon that's the end of the podcast, eh? Hey? I think it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Freak Pod. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, MySpace. So check us out on all of those. Um, you check us out on our website, Freaky.
1: Yes, it is com. Go to the contact section and uh, leave us an email through the contact section of the website.
0: Yeah, and we'll... Uh, We've got another episode coming up soon where we will read out those emails and answer your questions, answer your queries, all that sort of gear. Mm-hmm. Um, so bring those in. Probably going to have to have a uh, an Ask Canty sometimes in the next week, few weeks or so.
1: Yeah, let's do an Ask Canty definitely in the next two weeks and we'll read out the emails as well. Sounds and good. Uh, Yeah, give everyone their say.
0: Yeah, get the, get the voice out there yeah. and then, you know, we... Oh, got to put this into obligatory, um, state of origin. You can put that in the, uh, in the comments. Cause you know, everyone's talking about it now. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just had to mention that was it. We don't have to go any further than that. It's just in there. Thank God. You know, We've got that in, you can do hashtags and shift origin all over the place. People wonder what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what
0: are you talking about electricity proper businesses for? I don't get it. <laughs> My gas bill paid. <laughs> there you go. Um, Thanks for tuning, everyone, to our 300th episode, and uh, we'll catch you all next time.